Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Order your favorite CBH menu items from the comfort of your home with Skip the Dishes. Eric Taylor. 405 on a Tuesday, the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lottery is the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. For football, curling, and hockey fans, we've got a ton here. On the cage, Colton Flash, the provincial champion at 415. Derek Moncrief, is he Riders linebacker Derek Moncrief because he plays that Sam spot? Or is he Riders defensive back Derek Moncrief? We'll put the question to the man himself at 430. Arash Madani on the Olympics at 505. Glenn Suter in fine tailored suits at 530. And all the way through... Our little, uh, our little, our little spice, our little ginger, Clayton Croker. What's up, dude? Little Spice, hey? The worst of the Spice Girls. Little Spice. <laughs> the most unknown of the spices. I I just, I just, I have a thing with ginger. My wife is deathly allergic to ginger. Yet, ginger beef might be the best single Chinese food from my childhood. So, you have a real ba- I have a real thing with ginger. I'm like, I try to sneak some in when I know I'm not going to be near her because she could die. It's, it's uh, uh, ginger in my life. So, uh, when it comes to red heads, I am a big fan. I've never heard of anyone that's allergic to a ginger anything. That's the first I've ever heard of a ginger allergy. Fiona's the yeah. first. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know either. But uh, it's. It, I have to stick with like chicken balls when. Uh, when You're not missing Chinese out food. on much, man. Ginger's kind of a junk flavor in my mind. I think it's so overrated. Like ginger ale, nah. Ginger oh. snap cookies, nah. G- ginger, it's very. It's it's not a top five flavor. Let's be honest here. I'm just saying, uh, Zinger is currently doing some technical stuff, or else he was going to jump through the microphone when you said ginger ale is a terrible beverage. Yeah, he he didn't hear it, so his eyes just popped out of his head. He is a sh- he's got Schwepper vestments all over him. See, that's even worse. It's Canada Dry if it is ginger ale. It's not Schweppes. Just on those. I remember the Stanley commercials back. Stanley. Uh, Clayton, if you would, say that last sentence one more time. Zinger now has his cans back on. Ginger ale is severely overrated. What's wrong? What, and Are you okay? What's wrong with it? You expressed a preference for one brand over the other. Canada Dry is way better than Schweppes. Okay, now now we're on the same page a bit here, but come on. And by the way, just get it over the way, get it out of the way. The Blades beat the Pats on the weekend, so come on. Well... Just... Did they beat the Pats or did they murdidly order the Pats? Clayton, let's go to you on that one. Let's get it out. Blades look good. Blades look real good. Connor Bedard was filthy, by the way. Connor right. Bedard doesn't just score goals; he scores the timely goals. Like I, I think he scored ten seconds after the Blades scored. Just responding like that, he's he's fun to watch. But man, Sastel Center, there was a good crowd in there, real rowdy, and ah, oh, the Blades, man. Nolan Myers, like seven wins away from the all-time dub record. It's uh. It's finally good to be a Blades fan for the first time in a long time. Oh, uh, and on the, on that front, I thought of you yesterday. I was watching the Jets game. They were taking on the Blackhawks, and Kirby Doc taking the zone aggressively and doing things with a puck that a guy who's seven foot four shouldn't be doing. That was nice. He is nice. Kirby's good, man. When they took him third overall, there was a lot of flack. I remember it was Bowen Byram that there. Everyone was like, "Oh, that they should have taken him." No, man, Kirby. The things that he did in Saskatoon, yeah. like it's just, it's just a shame they had to face PA in that semifinal because uh, PA was just no one was stopping them that year. But man, did he have a playoff series against them! The goal that he scored in PA in that series, 
He's uh, he's a special player, man. He's he's had a little bit of a slow start this year. The broken wrist, I think, affected him a bit. But man, that guy can play, and he's just got the right mentality. He's gonna be he's gonna be scary good next year. Watch out. Love it, love it. We've got NHL to talk about as we go. We have some signings in the CFL to talk about. First up is the Riders signing quarterback Jake Dolagala, six seven, two hundred forty two pounds. So he is a big body. Undrafted free agent from Cincinnati in 2019, or undrafted free agent of Cincinnati in 2019. He spent all that year on their roster, then bounced between the Patriots and the Packers and the Dolphins the past two seasons. 6-7-242, and on Twitter, at DT on SC. There's a video from his time with the Bengals uh, in 2019 where he just throws a ball out of whatever the stadium was he was in. He just throws the ball out of it, over the roof, and gone. So, something to watch for when training camp starts. I don't think that's a fake one, like the Mike Vick one either. Remember back in the day, those fantasy football videos they had where it was like clearly CGI and doctored, and yeah. Mike Vick took a knee and threw it over the LA Coliseum, and everyone was like, whoa, like, no, it's fake. I don't think that was fake. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Like, whenever you hear a quarterback is over 6'5, automatically you're intrigued. So, I'm all on board. Start start the parade. We got the Grey Cup just because of this guy. Yeah, it was it, it was when they were in Europe. It was at Allianz Park, so it was a but a but, but, but was it in Brazil? Why would they have been in Brazil? Anyway, a whole other thing. But he throws it out of a soccer stadium. So pretty nice. That is who the Riders have. Uh, that is the third quarterback on their current roster. Of course, Cody Fajardo. We've been talking about Mason Fine. Jake Dolagala joins him. Paxton Lynch, still the property of the Riders, but currently remains on the suspended list. We'll see if he does make his way back to Canada for the coming season. But the Riders adding some reinforcements in the quarterback room. The Bombers doing the same, signing Dakota Prukop, late of the Edmonton Elks. And Danny Austin of the Calgary Sun and Herald tweeting this out. He's hearing that Jordan Williams-Lambert and the Stampeders is uh, sharing some interest. So a deal set to be done between Jay Will and the Calgary Stampeders is uh, another layer of intrigue. I think that'd be a sneaky good signing by Calgary. They've been very quiet in the offseason. Mm. And that's a name that, like, Jordan Williams-Lambert, that used to be a, a pretty big household name. He was Rookie of the Year not too long ago. That'd be a sneaky good signing for the Stamps. I think he'd fit in there really, really well. Yeah, you want to add in some veteran a veteran presence he's been around the cfl like you mentioned 2018 the rookie of the year they have bagleton they have kamar jordan they've got uh, richie sindani back they've got the canadian content they would need uh jordan williams lambert i i just want to know there was why jordan left right he had weird injuries in training camp uh hurt his ankle then he cut his hand and then uh, Coach Dickinson said he had left to have wrist surgery or to take care of his wrist, and we never heard of him again. But they listed him as non-football related, so we never really got how the wrist injury and the non-football related all kind of played together. But uh, from the sounds of this, whatever it was, Jordan Williams-Lambert, well enough to be back in the Canadian Football League, and it looks like it will be with the Calgary Stampeders. 4 13 one of Saskatoon's finest, Clayton, joins us next, Colton Flash. Yeah, I know. He's the guy. I'm pretty excited for this guy going back to the Briar. Um, I don't know. Colton Flash, like, 
He's been lighting it up. I'm really excited to talk to him and uh, talk to some about some Saskatoon curling myths here because I got a few oh. questions. We got some discrepancies we need to clear up here. Oh, very good. I was I just wanted to talk about curling stuff, but you're going to bring it down and bring it in tighter. I love it. I love it. Colton Flash, the tanker champion, next in the cage. 4.15 with the afternoon rush. An update from the Beijing Olympics. The Canadian men's hockey team defeated China 7-2 on Tuesday. Canada will now play Sweden in the quarterfinals on Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. And the Canadian Women Pursuit Speed Skating team won a gold medal on Tuesday in a thrilling finish after a Japanese skater fell on the final turn. It is a Canada second gold medal of Beijing 2022. And the Riders have signed American quarterback Jay Godoligala. The team announced on Tuesday he spent time with the Patriots, Dolphins, Packers this past season, and NHL great Yammer Jager. He turns 50 years old today. Jager, he's still playing hockey in uh, Czech Republic, DT. Over the weekend, we have a new men's curling champion in Saskatchewan. His team, Colton Flash, taking out Matt Dunstone in the final. Colton joins us now. Uh, Colton, thanks for your time, and congratulations, man. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, this is this is going to be your sixth trip to the Briar, is that right? That is correct. Yeah. You're only thirty. How are you doing this? That's un- that's an unbelievable number. It definitely is, and uh, I I would like to say it's me, but I've been on some pretty damn good teams, so uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. Well, uh, they don't those, those the teams like Cooey and stuff. They don't pick you unless you're really good, and then you don't win Saskatchewan with a team of your own unless you're pretty good. Tell me, tell me what you'll take away from the final. What were the what were the big? I mean, there was three in the fifth. There was a steal in ten. But what were the big moments of that final for you? Yeah, I mean, the final was uh, it was a battle. Um, both teams played pretty well. Um, Matt Matt himself played very well, um, so he didn't give us a whole lot. I think the, there was two turning points in that final, or two big points. I wouldn't call them turning points, but two big points for us was our, our first steal in three. Uh, we played a really, really good end. We had a couple misses out of them, and we capitalized on every single one of them. Um, Matt ended up making a really good shot just to give up a steal of one only. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it could have been even worse. And then, uh, and then in the and then in the fifth end, we got our three ball, and then they just basically gave us that two point lead, and we were able to ride that out for the rest of the game. I love it. I love it. So now the Saskatchewan curling champions and off to the Briar as a skip. What's it like being at the Briar, being, you know, there among the best curlers that our country has to offer? Yeah, the Briar is special. It's uh, it's an event, obviously, it happens once a year, and uh, you, don't, you don't get to go to it all that often for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, it's the big stage, and, you know, we're, we're able to play in front of fans again this year, which will be really nice. I have played in Lethbridge before for the uh, World Championships back in 2019, mm-hmm. and they uh, packed that uh, stadium every single one of our games. So I'm, I'm expecting a decent crowd, um, and that'll, that'll definitely be very nice to play in front of as well. Uh, he is Colton Flash. He's the skip of Team Saskatchewan for the Briar coming up next month with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, will it be different going as a skip? Um, I think so, for sure. I mean, there's there's different pressures to skipping as well. Um, I obviously haven't haven't done it at a Briar level, but I think I think just my experience of playing in the Briar and just uh, you know experience playing against um, all these teams. You know, every team that we'll be end up facing at the Briar, I have skipped against and played against. So it's really nothing new that way. 
just on a bigger stage, and uh, I, I, I'm really excited for it. I love it. I love it. Do you, do you have examples? This will be now, as we mentioned, Briar number six. How after the first one, something got easier for you, or you were just more prepared for when you went the second, third, fourth time? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to hard to explain everything on that, but I mean, mm-hmm. I do I do remember my first Briar, and I remember you know just really enjoying it, and uh, we we did pretty well. Um, but it's a long week, and that's what I really took away from that first prior. You didn't realize how tough and how long a week was. And, you know, we missed out of the playoffs by one game that year. And I remember looking back saying, geez, if we had to play another game, I don't, I would, I don't know if I could do it. I was so tired. Um, obviously, I was playing front end, but, you know, so we learned uh, conditioning from there on. We had to be better that way. And, you know, we went back in 2015, and we uh, made a bronze medal at that Briar in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, you know, every briar just gets a little bit easier. And uh, the big moment, the pressure, you know, comes down a little bit. But still, when you get in big games at a briar, uh, the pressure's up there. And you just learn how to deal with those emotions. When you say tired, like you mentioned the physical part. Like, is, it, is it strictly physical or is it emotionally tired as well or mentally tired it's, as well? It's definitely, it's definitely a little physically tired, you know, for a front-end player because you play so many games in a short span of time. But yeah. there's definitely a mental grind to it as well because – you're trying to do so well and you're trying to do something for your, your province and for your team and just to prove yourself. And uh, it definitely uh, wears on you mentally um, over the course of the week. So you just, you know, we, we work with sports psychologists and things like that to learn how to deal with those emotions. And it's uh, something that's always an ongoing process. That's very, very good. Uh, Clayton, jump in. You're a Saskatooner. Jump in with Colton Flash here. Again, the Saskatooner oh, DT. You, you got to stop that. My, my fault. My fault. I didn't even realize I did it there. My fault. Colton, sometimes he says Stooner. As someone from Saskatoon, how much does that infuriate you? I don't think I've ever been called a Stooner, so um, I can't. I can't com, com, uh, comment on that one. <laughs> Me neither. He's the only one that does it, and it's just like uh, it's like the grandpa that's trying to fit in with the cool kids, and it's like it's not working, man. Like I'm sorry, but. Like, uh, Saskatoon Curling Clubs, is there one that comes to mind when you think great food? I hope you're thinking of the same one I am. Great food? Oh, my. Um, I, I mean, the Granite's got some pretty good food. Uh, the Chinese food downtown there is pretty good. But uh, So you know you know sure. about the urban legend, about the Granite Curling Club? Like, do people believe you when you tell them that this curling club in downtown Saskatoon has some of the best food you'll ever have? Yeah, I don't. I don't think people realize that, but it definitely is very, very good. You've uh, you've curled a lot in the city, and I mean, I'm an East Side guy, so I think the new Tana Curling Club Lounge party's the hardest. <laughs> what, like, out of all the places in Saskatoon, all the curling clubs, where do you kind of like? What, what what lounge do you like to partake in the most after a game? Not even a debate. New Tana wins that hands down every time. They've updated their bar over the last few years as well, so. Um... Definitely have had many nights at the Nutana, and they're always a blast. A sleeper, though, is CN Curling Club up north in Montgomery, the one that no one really knows about. That's a sleeper as well. I like that one. It's, yeah, it's like a cabin not feel Not a lot of people there. know about the CN, that's for sure. Um, I, I actually don't get to play there very often. Um, I've practiced there a few times, and uh, I've never had the privilege of uh, being up in their lounge having a good time, though. Country music Bonspiel, DT and Zinger. You ever get a chance to do that with CKRM? Do it. It's at the CN Curling Club. Time and a half. It's uh, oh, it's you don't you don't want to get the 9 a.m. draw the next day, but it's yeah. it's it's good. Sometimes you do because you sleep over there in the lounge. But wow, well, yeah, I guess it's, yeah, you're right there then. 
Colton, have you ever slept over in a lounge during a bond spiel? I don't think I have. Um, <laughs> I have I have played in the the Nippowin summer spiel back in the day, and uh, it's pretty fun. And they have the the curling rink right there, and then the hotels right across like in the same parking lot. So that's, that's as close as I've gone to sleeping in a lounge. Oh my God. I, th- there's, there's little in life like being, I imagine like being a great curler, just the, the atmosphere around it. And then the, I mean, the game itself, I find incredibly entertaining being a top level curler has got to be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, uh, we got to travel the world. We got to travel everywhere in Canada and uh, you know, everyone. They're all good people too that we get to hang out with, with amongst the curlers and the fans, yeah. and uh, it's it's definitely always a blast. And there's always something going on every tour bond spiel. They 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 do a great job of it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Cole, before I let you go, uh, expectations for this year's Briar? Do do you have any anything, or do you just go and and let her rip? We're definitely going to go and let her rip. I mean, I don't see why we can't um, get into the playoffs. And then once you get in the playoffs, you just never know. Um, been there before, and I, I, I don't, I don't see a reason. There's no team out there if we play our best that we can't uh, compete with and beat. So, I expect good things. I love it, uh, Colton. We'll be rooting hard for you come March. Uh, congratulations on the win, and I, I can't wait to see you guys in those green jackets. Uh, thank you very much. He is Colton Flash. He's a skip of Team Saskatchewan. Won the Tankard six four over Matt Dunstone on the weekend. Off to the Briar starting, I believe it is March the fourth in lethbridge alberta that is the day all the guests of the show on the western pizza hotline dinner time game time anytime a great time to order western pizza ask your local western pizza location about their specials Uh, clayton i've not been to the nutana but i feel like i now have to go the nutana is like the like the classy curling club here in saskatoon that's like the upper class that's where all the fancy events are the granite curling club that's the one with like the character that's the history right across the street from the great western brewery and the food this the chef took over the the concession there best chinese food in the city it's amazing people go just for the food and then they just watch random people curl but i'm telling you the cn curling club in montgomery I mean, not like a tourist destination, but for curling club reason, curling club, up, it's up there on the underrated scale. I can't wrap my head around, Ziggur, can you? The best Chinese food in the city is at a curling club. I can't wrap my head around that. Uh, I, I didn't know that existed. I, <laughs> Clayton, I, I don't get it, but I feel like I would love it, but I still wouldn't get it. But don't then, you guys know, like, the, like kind of like it, dive spots, like bowling alleys, like true. restaurants yeah, yeah. and bowling alleys, they're always sneaky good, right? Curling yeah. alley, curling alleys, jeez. <laughs> curling <laughs> rinks are kind of the same way. Spoken like a true stooner there. Curling alley? Come on, man. Don't. <laughs> don't. I, I didn't even know I said Saskatooner. It just... That'd it just... be like me calling you guys Reggie's. Like, would you like, hey. like, Reggie's? No. I'm down with that. Honestly, no. I'm... I like that name. Yeah. Hey, you're a Reggie. Hey, Reggie, you got something, man. This did not go as planned. Just go to commercial. (laughs) From the text line, curling curling club drunk is a special kind of drunk. That would be outstanding. I I woke up upstairs, and I had to curl in 90 minutes. So let's let's freshen up and go. Curling is such a great sport. We, We love our teams here. As you know, Colton Flash's rink will be there. We believe the Dunstone rink will be there as well as one of the three wild card qualifiers. That'll be made official in the coming days it is 426 hands up if you're excited Derek Moncrief is back with the riders 
I see six hands, two from Clayton, two from Zinger, and two from myself. Uh, Mr. Moncrief joins us next in the cage. One big number for this day is nine. He played nine games for the Elks last season, and that was enough for Derek Moncrief to be their nominee for most outstanding defensive player. And then it made it even sweeter when he rejoined the Riders in free agency. Number 42, back at that strong side linebacker spot. Or is it a dime defensive back spot? We'll ask the man himself coming up next on The Cage. One big number brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. 428 on the guests of the show. Western Pizza Hotline, dinner time, game time, anytime. Great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Riders linebacker Derek Moncrief joins us on the show. How are you, sir? Great, man. How you guys doing? Uh, very good. I cannot tell you how excited I was when I saw that you were you were back to take the number 42 again. Oh, yeah, man. Very exciting. I'm so ready to get back on the field with the guys and get in front of Rider Nation. It's going to be the show this year for sure. All right, this was a debate last week, and it's one that will revolve around you. And it's not a furious debate, but for nerds like me, it is. Uh, you are the <laughs> Sam linebacker, or you are the nickel. Which one are you? A little bit of both. Uh, my job is, I got one of the hardest jobs on the field, besides quarterback or whatever. Um, I have to fit the run. I have to play the pass. I got to take on linemen. I got to cover guys coming off the waggle. Uh, I blitz the quarterback. I play man to man. I got I got a hard job, man, and it's 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 been it's been good to me so far yeah. in my career. You got to chase that number three receiver when he gives you the old post corner route into the end zone, and there's so much field to run with him at. <laughs> it's attracting me the whole game, so that's why I say I got one of the hardest jobs on the field. Uh, just because your your body, you got to be smart. You got to be able to tackle with you. You got to be able to flip your hips and run with guys. So I want, I want to say it's one of the hardest positions out there. Yeah. Now, so when we refer to you during the season, do you want us to say Riders linebacker Derek Moncrief? Because I know you'll practice with the like the the Sam practices with the defensive backs. But do you do you want to be yeah. linebacker Derek Moncrief or defensive back? Just say playmaker. Let's just say playmaker. I, I love it. I'll scratch out <laughs> Sam and just put playmaker uh, in there. Uh, I'm I'm curious to get from a because I'm of a certain age I'm old I get uh, yeah. you're you're a young man what did you think of that Super Bowl halftime show was that up your alley are you a music guy Oh yeah big time music guy I love rap music uh, any type of genre but uh, you know those those legends that, that were out there there'll never be a better halftime performance ever again in Super Bowl history. Well, to get five stars of that magnitude on the same stage is we're going to look back at that and go, that's nuts that those five guys, they're all connected by their careers and Mary J. Blige. But to get them all on the same stage, that's nuts. Man, that was wild, man. The, everything that was the, the choreographics, whatever, uh, just everything, how they mapped it out, the settings, the lights, uh, it, was, it was very amazing. Please tell me that from your time with the Rams, you have an outfit like the one Snoop was rocking in, in that blue and yellow. <laughs> I ain't got one of those, man. Snoop a legend. That's one of one right there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he, he definitely is. Uh, Derek, I've had a chance to talk to you since you re-signed. Why Saskatchewan? Yeah. Why did you want to be back with the Riders? 
Oh man, this is uh this is home for me. Um it's always been home. Um uh, just just this city, um, the impact that it has uh brought me in my career thus far, um, things on the field and off the field. And plus my fiance is here too, so uh, you know, it's it's just a great place to be. Yeah. It it's neat how it's not the place you were born, it's not the place you grew up, it's probably not even the place you've been the longest in your life, but it, it, it becomes yeah. home. It's neat how that happens to us. Man, uh for me, I come from a small I come from a small um city, Prattville, Alabama. Oh. Uh, so you know. Uh, and it just gives us the just gives me the feel. Uh just a small football town. Uh, you know, that's what it's all about. Everybody just draws in into the team and you know, you love that culture, you love that, that homey feel or home away from home, so just very comfortable to me, and uh, I'm just glad to be here. So then, why were you with the Elks last season? We were that broke my heart a little bit. Why were you with the Elks last season, man? <laughs> just business, man. You know, um, football is a business. NFL, CFL, college football, even now, as people are seeing that, uh, it's just a business. You know how things go. Uh, just numbers went right, things like that. Uh, you know, and you know you got to be compensated when you're playing football. Oh. And uh, that's what it was. We yeah. just had to. Come, we just couldn't come to an agreement. But this year is, is better, and uh, we're here. We're locked in for another two years. Uh, I love it. I love the thought of that. He's Derek Moncrief, Riders playmaker, with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. I, I mentioned it coming into the game. Uh, that Edmonton defense had some talented players on it, and yet in nine games, you you yeah. you were the most outstanding defensive player nominee over Boateng, Serezna. Yeah. Uh, gosh, Aaron Grimes in there. Like, there were some talented players. What what allowed you to flourish in that role last season? In so few games, honestly. Uh, really just my familiarity with the game. Uh, just being in just big-time games over my years with the Riders. Just my experience. Uh, just my uh, my film study. And we had a great, we had a great front. Uh, guys were flying around. Played a lot of man-to-man defense, a couple zones, but it was just a, van- a very vanilla defense, so it allowed me to fly around and not to think too much. Yeah. You like the thought of that, just being able to fly? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, no athlete wants to play slow. Uh, the moment you're playing slow, uh, that's the moment bad things happen. <laughs> so you always want to play fast. Um, you always want to play in just a simple defense. Not too simple, but – you want to be able to uh, show your best attributes and try to win defensive, uh, try to win games. Yeah, yeah. Some of us have no choice but to play slow. You know, that's just that's how it is for the rest of us. Not for guys like you, a little <laughs> bit of a different deal. Uh, before I bring Clayton in here, I want to ask you about one guy, and I know you didn't play a ton with him, but uh, the two yeah. games the Riders played against the Elks last season, Luke and I came away very impressed with Nafiz Lyon. He was on the boundary corner. What What did you take oh, yeah. away from his game? Oh man, he's a ball hawk, young guy, man. Uh, I want to say he was a rookie last year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That's yep. his first year. Uh, just attention to detail. Um, he's a he's super fast too, so his uh, his catch up speed, even if he gets beat at the line, uh, he can recover quickly. Uh, he just plays the ball well, and I'm pretty sure from this year one to year two jump would be tremendously for him. But uh, Hopefully he don't do too well against us, though. <laughs> exactly. Edmonton can take a beat. Yeah. But, yeah, 25 years old, and, yeah, he was just – whoever yeah. lined it up at that boundary side for those games, you're like, nope, yeah. that, that guy's out of the play because uh, 
five ten Nafiz Lyon was he, uh, most impressed I was I think with any uh, any young guy that yeah. I saw on the field last season. Uh, yeah. Clayton, jump on in with Derek Moncrief here. Yeah, Derek. Um, before you came to the CFL, what did you heard about the league, and what were your expectations going into that first year? Did you think it would just kind of be a uh, uh, "I got this" kind of thing, or, or like what was your mindset going into that first year? Well, uh, coming up, I seen a little glitch and you know a couple of clips on TV or whatnot about the CFL, but um, I didn't really think too much of it. I didn't think I would be there uh, going undrafted. I thought I'd get a shot, but um, as I prepared to um, come over here uh, from um, Alabama when I got on the plane and whatnot, man, I was just locked in. Uh, I knew I had to take somebody's job to to keep a job, and uh, that was my you know my first practice. I think I caught an interception or whatnot, and I was at, I was playing free safety actually, but I never played linebacker really in my whole life. I always played safety. But my frame allows me to. To um, do do a lot on defense, but just coming in, man, I was just very confident in myself, and uh, I didn't want to go back to Alabama. Truth be told, the first time you experienced a slot back getting a running start, what was your first thought? Because that's a big difference from CFL to NFL that people don't bring up. Like everyone talks about the downs yeah. and the one yard off the ball, but when when you saw a slot back getting a fifteen yard head start at you, were you like, "Well, this isn't fair"? Like, man, like wow, like. I had a workout in Dallas, so that was my first time getting a getting a good feel for it, and it was it's nothing that you, you can't you can't simulate it. You know what I mean? Uh, so that that trial I had in Dallas with Chris Jones, I probably did I want to say I did like twenty to twenty, probably like twenty reps. Um, me and Sam Williams, he was there too. Uh, it was crazy. It was out of it was like out of out of my mind experience, but um. You know, once I came to camp, I was pretty good through week one. Everyone always talks about the line of scrimmage and the downs, DT, but that, like, 15-yard running head start, I think that would mess up American <laughs> DBs seeing that for the first time. That's a pretty big advantage. Yeah, I, I imagine that. Yeah. I imagine that's one of the – is that just a timing thing to get used to, Derek? Yes, the timing, and it, it's pretty much your eyes, too, because your eyes can't be high because you can see everything. Guys move their head, they, their torso move. Uh, your eyes got to be right, and your feet got to be even better. So uh, I can say that's one of the hardest transitions. Um, guys coming up from uh, college or NFL guys that are coming over here, um, they might think it's easy, but once they get on the field, it's, it's pretty hard. It's a, it's a learning curve. Yeah. Is there ever a time I, I don't I can't imagine this happens, but just just obliterate a guy a guy waggling at you. Jake Winicky is waggling at you from fifteen yards deep, where you just jam him at the line and put him on the ground just for fun, or is that uh, is that like a high school thing? <laughs> well, you know, some guys it just depends. Guys can maneuver their bodies, man. So sometimes it's hard to get a good clean shot on guys. Yeah. If you can, uh, goal line or something like that, it, it'll be good, but it's rare. It's rare. Guys know, guys know how to maneuver. Guys like Swerve, for example. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. We, we've seen over a few years that uh, Kyron Moore knows how to maneuver his body. That is, uh, that's for sure. What What do you know about uh, Darnell Sankey's game and how uh, you, he, and tights yeah. could, could fit in a starting three? Oh, man, that guy's uh, – just watching from afar last year, 
and watching a couple games. Um, he brings his leadership. Guy can tackle because he made the CFL in tackles. I'm pretty sure he's a playmaker, man. Um, you know, we're just ready to get on. We're just ready to get on the field together. We actually text as soon as he signed, and uh, you know, we're ready to do this thing. We're ready to bring the Great Cup to Regina. He's here this year, and uh, that's that's our only quest right now, and that's our only goal to get it done. Yeah. And as like when it hits the field with, I mean, whatever number Darnell wears and uh, number forty-two, you yeah. guys are both actually from CFL perspective quite big for your positions. Like you are a six-two, yeah. two-twenty. When uh, Patrick Levels is a guy who's like five-eleven, one ninety-nine. Like you guys are both great size for your positions. Yeah, that that can be a that's that's a um that's an advantage for us. Um I believe our size and our strength and what we do and what we bring to the defense as a whole, um it, it's you, you can't coach that. You can't coach side and speed and all that, uh and the and the will to win. Um and also just competing at a high level. Uh, who whoever gets to the ball first, whoever takes the ball away. Um it's gonna be fun though. And uh, we just can't wait. We can't wait. I love it. I love it. We, we can't wait to see you. All right, final one before we go. Uh, Jay Dearborn, who uh, played some Sam linebacker for the Riders last season, competes yeah. on Friday in four-man bobsleigh. It'll be his first Olympics. What would be your Winter Olympic event, Derek Moncrief? I'd probably do a bobsleigh, too. I, I got to follow up behind Dearborn. That, that, that's pretty tight, man. To be able to do that, that's the one. That's the one for sure. No, no snowboard, big air, no uh, biathlon, skiing and shooting. None of that for you. You're you're a Saskatchewan no guy now. This is home. <laughs> I'm still going into it, man. I'm still going into it. This weather is it's been crazy so far. Uh, had a blizzard what about a week or two ago. It was crazy. Actually, was in it. So I'm, I'm trying to get accustomed to it out here. Oh, you didn't you didn't get caught driving in that in that blizzard, did you? I actually did. Oh no! Did you? Okay, I had to. I told Zinger the story. Made I? I had to pull off the road, and I was in a McDonald's parking lot for four hours waiting for that to blow past, just because. Where? What did you end up doing? Oh, made it home. Made no. it home, and uh, yeah, it took a while. Though. It took like four, like three hours, three four hours to get get to the house. Yeah, because yeah. you you're you're just so used to being able to see out the front of the vehicle, right? And then all of a sudden you can't. It was tough. It was tough, but we had a line of cars and we was following each other, so we we got home safely. And uh, it was scary, though. No lie, it was very scary. It oh, it, it absolutely can be, but it's good that uh, good that it's over and past, and everybody's safe, and we can laugh about it now, uh, Derek. Man, I can't wait for May to see you back in, in Green, man. Thanks for being with us, and uh, congrats on, on getting, a, getting a gig back with your hometown team. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Can't wait to see you guys. He is Derek Moncrief on Twitter, at HotBoyShoeMain. Hope I said that correctly, although I know I certainly didn't because I am not uh, I'm not young enough to quite get those Sounded words good, out. Sounded good, DT. Sounded good. That's it's why you're my, it's where you're my guy. Uh, nice enough to be with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. 6-2-2-20. I pulled it up, Clayton. Patrick Levels was an all-star at linebacker, Sam linebacker in 19. 5'11", 187. And Levels might be a little shorter than the average bear at that linebacker spot. But Moncrief, 6'2", 220. Sankey at 6'1", 245. 
size don't hurt. If you can run and both those guys can run, that extra size will not hurt a little bit. I love it. We said it last week. If you were making a linebacker in Madden, you were doing the creative player, you would make Derek Moncrief. That's who you would make. Yeah, pretty pretty much. And it was apparent uh, early on in his time in uh, in Saskatchewan. You went, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy, man, he can cover. It was so much to the point where, was it against Montreal this past season? He got taken on one of those post-corner routes. I was like, what, you, you don't see Moncrief get beat very often. And... And I, I always I find it neat, right, to for a guy to say, I mean, grew up in Alabama, hadn't probably hadn't been to Canada before 2017, but now he thinks of Saskatchewan as home. It's funny what home can be to, to different people. It's it's not just the place you were born. This is just a great example of what the CFL should be looking for in a blueprint. Derek Moncrief, a guy from the States who comes up here, loves it. Falls in love with the community, falls in love with the fan base, the the way the game is played, and just ends up calling it home. Like This would be so great if more players could be like Derek Moncrief, staying in Regina, staying in the community. That's huge for the CFL going forward. Absolutely so. 444, we will go to break this segment for Nick's service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. Arash Madani, mad about some things happening at the Olympics. It's coming up at 505. Sports ticker 446, the BC Lions announced on Tuesday the hiring of Tanya Walter to the coaching staff as defensive assistant. Walter becomes the first full-time female coaching hire in Canadian Football League history. The Bombers, they've signed American quarterback Dakota Prukop to a one-year contract. Prukop has uh, dressed in 49 career regular season games in the Canadian Football League. And the Edmonton Elks, they have signed defensive lineman Jordan Reeves, the Winnipeg native, last played with the Riders during the 2018 season when Chris Jones was the team's head coach and general manager. And Ryan Zimmerman, the Washington Nationals' first-ever draftee back in 2005, announced his retirement Tuesday after 16 seasons in the majors. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. 781-2090. So much to hit in there. Jordan Reeves, you mentioned signing with the Elks, tore his ACL in camp in 2019. Just Solid, solid dude. And then last season, just could not get over an Achilles that was bothering him all year long. Hope that Jordan, that he's healthy, and he gets a chance to hit the field for the Elks this season. Clayton, did you see Ed Ganey's tweet from this morning? I did not. Ed Ganey on uh, Twitter. Of course, the former rider, now Elks defensive back. Quote, I was having a typical morning taking my kids to school. Then, boom, I'm being threatened with a pistol pointed to my face. Uh, shake my head all over road rage. Hashtag, this is America. Y'all be blessed and safe out there today, wherever you are. Yikes. That's not what you like to see. Uh, not even from Ed Ganey, from anyone in general. You see that tweet and you're like, yeah, boy, that's that's not good. I, I don't understand. And by Ed tweeting this, Ed is okay and everything is good on that front and nothing came of this. I don't understand road rage. Why people get so... I was on Reddit yesterday watching some guy in a $300,000 Bentley brake check a semi-truck repeatedly and then pull out a baseball bat, and I go, I don't understand road rage at all. 
If you're that worried about your time, you need to just start booking yourself a little more loosely, okay? Like, don't be in a rush. The count to ten thing really works for me. Some I used to get really bad road rage when I was younger. I was really impatient when I was a kid. Just wanted to get there. Just didn't want to wait for anything. The count to ten thing, man, it really, really works. It's just you just so if someone cuts you off, you're just on Circle Drive. They you just like one, two, three, four, mother five. Like you just that's you. That's four times a day on Circle Drive here in Saskatoon. <laughs> Circle Drive's a nightmare, man. Like you gotta learn when when you live in Saskatoon, you gotta learn to get cut off. Like that's no. what you gotta learn as a driver. Just say, I'm gonna get cut off. It's gonna happen. I just I just lay back, be cool, hang out in the right lane, and the world works well for me. You want to steam past me in in, in your truck, whatever. I'm good. More time to sing and stuff. You right. Know? Rap or I drive like a complete grandpa. Like I, I am, a, really? if I could have like the Schitt's Creek car, like that, I would. That was my. That could be my dream car, an absolute boat that I could just go forty-five in all day long. That's the dream. Just singing, I can drive forty-five just all the time. Oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, I'm with you. I'm I'm an absolute grandpa. I still wish I had my Chrysler Dynasty, the first car I ever had, because that was a pure grandpa car, and she did me pretty pretty good. Uh, other news from the Canadian Football League. The Edmonton Elks will play a doubleheader this season in a move that literally every city that can needs to copy this immediately. They will play, it'll be in, in October, October 15th. The Golden Bears will play a yet-to-be-determined opponent at noon at the stadium, Commonwealth Field. And then at 5 o'clock, it'll be the Elks game against the Toronto Argos. So they're doubleheadering the U Sports team and the CFL team, and Clayton, one, Edmonton Elks under their new leadership are really making moves to uh, to increase their appeal. And two, we need more of this. We need more love for our youth sports teams, and CFL teams can absolutely help out. That new ownership group coming in hot, like making a lot of decisions the past couple weeks, it would be great if they would have done a University of Alberta versus University of Calgary and then the Elks versus the Stamps. That, if they could have pulled that off, because when the new Mosaic Stadium got built, they did the Hilltops versus the Thunder, and they did the Rams versus the Huskies. Or maybe it was the last game at Taylor Field or something, I forget. But it was like a football day in Saskatchewan, and they drove down from Saskatoon for it. It was awesome. And if there was like a triple header with a rider game after that, yeah. it, it's such a good idea to involve more finer, minor football teams, more football fans. Just, just get these kind of weekends going because there's so much fun getting everyone together for like a, a festival-like atmosphere, a double header with these teams i love it yeah and october should be early enough in the year that no one's going to be too scared about spending eight hours outside um i the gap in between the games you just don't want to lose people they want them to well having the elks game second that that could be the draw i i really i really hope it works out i i wonder i'm trying to think of the area around commonwealth if there's a place where you could go for a bite in between games just grab a grab a number one noodle house and then come back to the football game. Boom, Saskatoon reference. Put it on the board. Put there it on the board. There you go. <laughs> one, so that's one for Stooner and one for a legit Saskatoon reference and one for curling clubs to fall asleep in. Uh, we've got we got granite curling. No, CN curling club is where you fall asleep. Granite curling club is where you get some cold rolls. I love it. I love it. And uh, we'll talk a bunch more CFL. 
with uh, Glenn Suter at 530. Tanya Walter, the first full-time female assistant coach in the CFL. As the Lions keep doing cool things to help out coaches at the beginning of their careers. I, I love that stuff. I would be remiss, Clayton Croker, if I did not mention that the Calgary Stamp Calgary Stampeders, the Calgary Flames, take on the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight at 8 p.m. and a big debut for the Calgary Flames slated for tonight. I'm kind of excited to see Tyler Toffoli and how he fits in because the Flames have been gelling really, really well lately. Um, Blake Coleman has just been, he's just been great for this team so far. Uh, I'm just excited to see where he fits in. Second or third line, it sounds like he might be put in the third line there because the second line's gelling so well. But Calgary, like, if Markstrom keeps this up, which is going to be hard because he's playing at a level right now that is, I mean, he's got eight shutouts so far this season. The only thing that might worry some Calgary fans is, like, they don't have, like, an elite defenseman. They just have a bunch of pretty good defensemen. But, I mean, I'll take five pretty good defensemen. Like, right now it's working really, really well for them. The Flames are playing great hockey, and to make it even better, there's a lot of drama in Oilerland. It's good to be yeah, a Flames fan. It, it is good to be a Flames fan. Uh, Zinger Toffoli was one of yours. You're, of course, a Habs fan, and you did disown him yesterday <laughs> on the air, but what uh, what should Flames fans expect? Yeah, he's a good player, but how can you not like disown someone when the team is so bad this year? Like I disown everyone on that team right now. Like I could care less. So it wasn't him leaving. It was the fact that they've won eight games yeah. out of forty-eight after going to the Cup last year, and they and they they I just don't have any respect for any of those players right now. Uh, that's the type of NHL fan I am. Clay, I feel like how in NCAA basketball when they find out someone took money in the 90s they you're now no longer the second place team that year i feel like based on the the habs record this year we need to like wipe their name out of the record book as stanley cup finalists from last year that just seems fair no let them have it because based on how they're playing that's the only accolade they're going to have for the last for the next little bit eight 33 and seven with a minus 85 goal difference the Phoenix Coyotes, or Arizona Coyotes, who are going to play in a 47-seat stadium, <laughs> literally there are 50 seats in that place, are only minus 72. Zinger. Bad hockey team, folks. Bad hockey team. Just, and uh, just soaking it all in. It won't always be this dark, DT, you know, as a Canadiens well, fan. Well, <laughs> well. Hey. The Calgary Flames, uh, 26 wins, now second in the Pacific Division behind Vegas, which just did a little Jack Eichel for Mark Stone long-term injured reserve swap. Uh, we'll be interested to see how that plays. Uh, the Flames, I mean, Clayton, plus 44 in the goal difference. It's the one I, I always come back to when I need to weed out teams who are kind of close in the standings. Plus 44 goal difference when the Kings right behind them are plus six. You go, yeah, Calgary's a different team. They really... They, I mean, you mentioned no great defensemen. They've still only allowed 108 goals in 45 games. Like they, they still get it done on the back end without the $9 million defenseman. It's their depth on defense that does well. Like their number one guy, number six guy, not a, not a huge difference. But, I mean, they just play well. And, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the Daryl Sutter move last season. Like just another old boys club hire. I wasn't really that excited for it. Yeah, prove me wrong. I was way off on that one. This Daryl Sutter has them playing so well. And to touch on the Jack Eichel thing, some people aren't really that excited for Jack Eichel. Like I'm, I'm pumped to see what Jack Eichel is going to bring to Vegas. This guy is, 
He's been hiding in Buffalo for the past forever, it seems like. I think he's just going to be unleashed in Vegas, and we're going to see just how good this guy is. Yeah, well, and then imagine in the playoffs, people people smell the Tampa Bay-level uh, fix being in with Mark Stone just just conveniently going to long-term injured reserve the second that Eichel <laughs> was ready to play. And then, oh, by the way, long-term injured reserve, guys don't count against the salary cap in the playoffs. I think they expect Stone to re- re- return. The conspiracy theorist among us, of which I will qualify as one on this one, expect Stone to return for the playoffs and everything should be fine. It's, it's, it's fishy. It's, it's just, it's, at the very least, it's fishy. It's, it's not exactly the magic bullet fishy, but it's pretty fishy. You know what though? If the if they're gonna let you get beat the system like that, why not? Yeah. Like if they didn't fix the rules last year and they're gonna continue to let it to happen, why not? Like why wouldn't you take advantage of that if you can? Because oh, some people on Twitter might say something mean. Screw that. Like it's gonna win you a Stanley Cup. Who cares? Like take advantage of the rules if you can. Oh, that leads me to wonder. What if no, I probably shouldn't, but <laughs> No, if you were hosting, you if you were hosting a Grey Cup, say in the next couple of years, and no penalties are handed out for violating the salary cap until long after the game is played and the title is won, would you maybe maybe push the limits, maybe oh, wow. break the rules a little bit <laughs> and pay a little after fine? Uh, after after seeing the replies that Suits got on Twitter, probably not. I'd probably say no, just so I don't have to deal with those Twitter replies. <laughs> see, that's different. Like, see, like. You're still going over the cap on purpose there, but, right? You still have to get a penalty afterwards. But there's you're willing no to pay penalty. that penalty. Manipu- there's no penalty dealing with the LTIR, right? You, afterwards, is no harm, no foul. Congratulations. Uh, you found the secret flute, Super Mario Brothers 3 style. It's nice. like a cheat code, right? Like it's not like uh, it's not like you're getting fined afterwards. Like if you go over the salary cap, that's what's that's what's wrong with the salary cap thing. It's like, well, we'll punish you if you cheat, but also if you got a lot of money, who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's not. Uh, it's, it's it's a greasy way of doing business, if you ask me. Four fifty-eight. Glenn Suter steps in at five thirty. Arash Madani talks Olympics with us at five oh five. You miss any of today's show? The Sports Cage on Demand available for the Canadian Brew House. Winter wonderful feature dishes available now at the Canadian Brew House. News is next on six twenty CKRM. Seven on a Tuesday for Saskatchewan Lotteries, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. Olympian Arash Madani joins us. What's going on, dude? Hey, bud. How we doing? Not bad at all. Everything is pretty good here. Um, caught me off guard on Twitter a couple of days ago. Kaylee Humphreys, the Canadian turned now American bobsledder, wins gold in the mono bob. Uh, her first gold at Mono Bob, but I think what her third gold medal overall, a couple for Canada. Uh, Team USA puts it out. Arash Madani quote tweets that and says, you can have her. And I thought, mm-hmm. there's a lot to this story that I do not know. So I was hoping I, we might be able to, to dig into that a little bit. Let's go back in time, DT. Not even 10 years ago. Sochi 2014, um, Kaylee Humphreys and her teammate at the time, Heather Moist of PEI, they win gold in the bobsled. And they were the co 
closing ceremony flag bearers. Right. How very Canadian. We don't just pick one. We pick two. <laughs> uh, you know, Socialism, sure. obviously. And then uh, later that year, she wins the uh, Canadian Athlete of the Year, for now named the Lou Marsh Award. Mm-hmm. Um, all seemed well in paradise. But, you know, there were there had always been some murmurs around bobsled that Humphreys was difficult to deal with and this and that. But, hey, she's an Olympic champion, and she runs the show, and she's a competitor. And you know how it goes, Derek. When you win, all is kind of forgiven. Yeah. Then, after Pyeongchang, she gets on the podium, and there had been a change at bobsled slash skeleton Canada. And that's an important distinction to make because these are two governing bodies that really had to merge a few years back because they continued to, you know, skeleton lost funding in the quadrennial after Vancouver 2010. Basically, your funding is based on a four-year window depending on your Olympic results. And skeleton was on the verge of collapse or bankruptcy or economic ruin, whatever you want to call it. And so a new coach was brought in, Todd Hayes, headstrong and wants to do things his way, and he and Humphreys never saw eye to eye. Okay. Then Humphreys makes allegations that Hayes was mentally and emotionally abusive to her. And then lawyers got involved. And then a lawsuit got involved. And then Humphreys said... I will come back if I don't have to work with that guy, and if Bobsled and Skeleton Canada pays upwards of $200,000 over the next two years for me to have my own coach and my own trainer, my own trainer, my own physio, et cetera. Right. And here's an organization without any money, et cetera. And they, they pull other bobsledders. Other bobsledders said that they had no issue with Hayes, which prompts an investigation nonetheless. The investigation found no wrongdoing, but the investigator said, to be quite honest, we don't have enough information here. A second investigation is still ongoing. Humphreys tried to get a release. Um, Bobsled Canada wouldn't give it to her until 2019 when Humphreys filed another lawsuit, which prompted Hayes to file a defamation lawsuit against Humphreys. Oh, boy. And Bobsled USA said, yeah, we'll bring you along, except they had to find Kaylee Humphreys a passport and citizenship, and they expedited that. And that led to the other night with Kaylee Humphreys on top of the podium singing the Star Spangled Banner like she was born in Nebraska herself. <laughs> and and that d- d- rubs you the wrong way in the way Lennox Lewis probably rubs you the wrong way? No, I under actually understood the Lennox Lewis thing uh, more. Lennox okay. Lewis just wasn't getting any funding. You know, Greg Ruzetsky was not getting any money. At the time, Tennis Canada had no money. Boxing had no money. Right. Um, I want to be careful how I say this. I, I don't think there were many people, teammates, administrators, coaches in the Canadian bobsled community who shed any tears when Kaylee Humphreys walked out the door. Huh. You know, DT, look, you're around pro football every day, and we all understand it's a business and there can be an ugly side to the business side. Mm-hmm. But within the locker room, there is a brotherhood, a camaraderie, whatever you want to call it. 
you know, business is one thing, but, you know, people understand it. Kaylee Humphreys the other day wins a gold medal for the United States, and the silver medalist, Alana Myers-Taylor, was a fellow American. The bronze medalist was a Canadian, a 32-year-old Canadian that Humphreys would have strapped it on and trained with. Mm-hmm. Kaylee Humphreys, who has said along the way when she was representing Canada, I'm not here to be a teammate. And Humphreys wrapped her right arm around the silver medalist, the American, without even acknowledging the bronze medalist. Hmm. All right. That rubbed me more the wrong way than anything else. Yeah, there's... Well, it is COVID times, Arash. It's, I mean, COVID. Right, and, uh, right, yeah. I can't, uh, I can't explain that, but that's, that's a good... Uh, a good walk down what's well we're going to be talking about because this think of where she was again. in 14 right closing ceremony olympic flag bearer mm-hmm. national athlete of the year and now there she was the other day um you know distancing herself from a canadian athlete who she not just that with, with yeah. the bombs bursting in air gave yeah. proof through the night just belting it out loud all right well let's talk about uh, canadian athletes competing for canada Coming yes. up, our own Emily Clark in the gold medal game of the uh, women's hockey. That'll be tomorrow night. I believe it's about a 10 o'clock start, uh, Zinger has said. Canada and the U.S. once again for all the glory. And, you know, DT, I just finished writing a Roger Federer career retro, retrospective for when he retires. And I was, you know, compare, trying to compare him and Nadal among the great rivalries in sport. Mm-hmm. And I included Ali Frazier, and I included El Clasico, and I included Lakers-Celtics, Magic Bird, Yankees-Red Sox, and Canada-USA women's Olympic hockey. And, and that's not with hyperbole. It is right there as one of the great rivalries in all of sports. This entire Olympics so far, the most watched event by far has been the preliminary round-robin game between Canada and the U.S. with like an 11 p.m. Eastern start. Really? Wow. Yeah. And that's, you know, you know, not to get too nerdy, but how ratings work, that's in a two-and-a-half-hour window. That had more eyeballs on it than, say, a figure skating or an ice dance. That would have been a five-minute presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be the most watched Team Canada sporting event of the year in anything. Um, more than the Briar, more than the Scotties, more than any world championship. Uh, you know, more than 4 million Canadians watched Canada win women's soccer gold last summer. Right. And this is a fierce rivalry that now spans generations. It was 20 years ago, Salt Lake and Haley Wickenizer saying they had stomped on our flag, whether or not that happened. <laughs> and Angela James and Cassie Campbell and Kim St. Pierre. And through the years, Sochi 14, Canada wins in overtime after the Americans blew it, and Mary-Philippe Poulain was right there in Vancouver, and the Americans won last time around in Pyeongchang. Um, What a show, what an opportunity for Emily Clark to be in the middle of what's going to be one of the most watched and one of the biggest 
rivalries in all of sport tomorrow night. Oh, it's it's going to be fantastic. And yet one of ours, the chance to take center stage. Arash Madani, Sportsnet with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. And then speaking of one of ours, it'll be Friday night and Saturday night uh, for Jay Dearborn, the Riders' safety slash linebacker slash world-class bobsledder uh, piloting one of the one of the uh, Canada bobsleighs in the uh, in the Olympics as we get toward the end. Think about just what that is. Here you are, one of the world's most incredible athletes to be competing in an Olympic Games, DT. And then you're a professional. Oh, yeah, by the way, my day job is professional football player. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. And not that he's the first one. You know, Herschel Walker did it, and Jesse Lumsden did it, and Willie Galt did it, <clears throat> among others, in bobsled. And we've seen it over the years, you know, elsewhere, other athletes being able to do it. But it really speaks to just how far, like Lumsden kind of set the bar from the CFL standpoint, but just what, just how transferable the skill set has become, because how better trained Canadian and CFL players are um, just as overall athletes. You know, in, in years gone by, dudes would come to training camp just to get in shape. Yeah. Now in the off-seasons, they are competing in the Olympics. And I think that really speaks to just how much the game, the quality and the play and the quality of athlete has elevated on the Canadian front when you see a guy like Dearborn doing what he's doing. Well, and uh, Sam Jaguer, who was a Hamilton Tiger Cat, Edmonton Elk is on another Canadian sled. Shaq Murray-Lawrence, who was a Montreal Alouette, BC Lion running back. Uh, it was the alternate for, for Bob Slay. They know the guys they like, and they find them in the CFL. And for a guy, you know, a young guy like Dearborn, who who this year finally ma- kind of made his – got his foot in the door in the Canadian Football League. He he got some starts, and people got to see what he could do. He had some interceptions. Uh, he I mean, he's not stopping playing football, but uh, depending on how this goes, he's probably not stop bobsledding either. He, he's a young guy who can yeah. go a couple of directions and experience so much of what the world has to offer. It's, it's so great. And the direction that you need to do is full speed ahead in bobsled, and that explosiveness <laughs> is what's so important. It's out of the gate, you know, that, that power that's so required, which is what football is, right? Well, exactly. Three, four seconds, explode and go. Yeah, uh, Dearborn was was bonkers at the CFL Combine. Sam Jaguer, that's how he ended up down in the NFL. Was he ran like a four three eight, and everybody will take notice of that. Murray Lawrence, the same. Uh, it's not Derek Moncrief was on here earlier saying, yeah, I would probably have to be Bob Slay because it just seems to to fit with what we do. So as Ryder fans, we'll absolutely be all over Jay Dearborn. That'll be trying to keep these Chinese times straight. Do you know? Do you know yeah. Beijing's in a different time zone than we are here in Saskatchewan? Oh, really? Yeah. It's, oh, really? I didn't know that. It, it you mean be, Moncrief's not much of an ice dancer? I could see him just being so delicate oh, on skates. With an 80-pound partner, how far a football player could throw an 80-pound figure skater? <laughs> Man. Would was... the partner land? That's the question. <laughs> it, it would be like the new Riders quarterback throwing that ball out of that soccer stadium in the U.K. I saw that. I saw you posted that. That's uh, that's pretty cool. That's uh, what of, It says nothing about his potential skill as a football player but it's pretty cool to be able to throw something out of a stadium like that that's pretty cool i like that a lot yeah oh, absolutely arash madani thank you brother appreciate you
Okay, DT. Rash Madani Sportsnet in the Madani Report, brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Glenn Suter, fine tailored suits at the bottom of the clock in the cage. with the afternoon rush. The Riders have signed American quarterback Jake Dolagala. The team announced on Tuesday Dolagala spent time with the Patriots, Dolphins, and the Green Bay Packers this past season. Update from the Beijing Olympics. The Canadian men's hockey team defeated China 7-2 on Tuesday. Canada will now play Sweden in the quarterfinals on Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. Saskatchewan time. And the Canadian Women Pursuit Speed Skating Team won a gold medal on Tuesday and a thrilling finish after a Japanese skater fell on the final turn there. So it's Canada's second gold medal of Beijing 2022. NHL great Yammer Jager turns 50 years old today. Jager is still playing professional hockey in Europe. He has eight goals and 11 assists this year for the Gladno Knights of the Czech League. Yeah, foreign hockey team. The, the team he owns, I think, and if if he didn't play, I think it would go under or something in that yeah. vein. Uh, speaking of 50, Sidney Crosby on the verge of some numbers today. 499 career goals, Clayton. So he's a chance to get number 500. And if he does it tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers, it would be his 50th career goal against the Flyers. So 550 all in the same night against a team in your own state that you, you hate and wish would burn in hell forever? Sounds pretty good to me. Put the house on it. If you like gambling, you like those little bets, put a lot of money on that. I guarantee oh. a Sid scoring tonight. House. House. That is a house bet. Uh, by the way, Zinger, you mentioned Jake Dolagala, the yeah. new Riders quarterback. I retweeted that video we've talked about a couple times, him throwing the ball out of that soccer stadium. Someone from the league slipped into my DMs and said, giving me Taylor Cornelius vibes. Can't have that. Right? That is don't that ru- is offside. Don't ruin my day now. That is offside. Do not ruin my day with the Cornelii, okay? Yeah. Do not compare any rider to Taylor Cornelius. That's not <laughs> fair. I wouldn't want that thrust upon my worst enemy. We cannot have this. You know, like we're all kind of like excited here about this nice new signing today. You know, who knows if it turns into anything? Probably won't, but who knows? And then you compare him to the Cornelii. Don't talk about a kick, kick in the shorts. Right? <laughs> you know who you are yeah. on Twitter. You know who you are. I see. You. Stop it. I see you. Just stop it. Uh, speaking of stop it, Novak Djokovic back in the news today. Did an interview with BBC. We only have a couple minutes here, so why don't we talk about this? This is. It's just perfect. He says, I'm not going to play in any Grand Slam that requires vaccination. Like, duh. (laughs) If you have to be vaccinated to get into France for the French Open and you are not vaccinated for reasons we'll get into, duh. (laughs) Of course you're not going to play. Well, I would. uh, Who was was Oscar Wilde? Who was I would never be a part of any club that would have me as a member. Like, if they're not, if you have to be vaccinated and you're not vaccinated and they're not going to let you in. Clayton, it's like uh, she wants to dump me, but I'm going to break up with her first. Or I don't. It, none of this makes any sense to me. I would never play for the NHL, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of something there you on go. the fly here. No, like, like it's like I, I'm never going to play in the NHL, but by saying I would never play in it, who cares, right? Like, if people yeah. had said, you know what, I will, I, re- I refuse to play in the NFL if they're letting players kneel for the anthem. Sir, you're a fat man who sat on his couch for the last 25 exactly. years, and you were terrible in Arkansas high school football. So, uh, you know what? We good. We're all good with that. But this is... This is one of the great tennis players of all time, and it's there are so many, so many layers. He doesn't. He says, "I'm not anti-vax. I just don't believe that I should be forced to do this." It's like, well, you're not being forced. You can choose to not play in these tournaments, and that's that's what you've done. But you're like, uh, you have kids. Are they vaccinated? Do you believe in the MMR vaccine that they're getting? There's just a whole can of worms that Novak Djokovic has has opened up. Well at least opened up at super top level sport. Exactly. And it's just a shame because he's been so dominant and this has just been dominating the headlines for the past four or five months now. And I love watching him play tennis like him, Nadal, Federer. It seems like every major tennis tournament has just been so awesome the past couple of years with those three, not even years, like the past decade now. Mm. And this has kind of been a little bit of a black, black cloud the past little bit. Yeah. Just random I, I don't know if I, what I really knew about Novak Djokovic other than he was a terrific tennis player before this. Uh, in the NBA, Kyrie Irving has made it his life's work to never get vaccinated and thus never play a home game in the bizarre rules that exist in Brooklyn, where if you're a visiting team player and you're not vaccinated, you can play. But if you're a home team player and you're not vaccinated, you can't play. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. But just sacrificing... All this that you worked for, for the sake of uh, a shot that, I don't know, three billion people have taken, I I don't know that I can entirely wrap my head around On the plus logic. side, though, on the plus side, though, it means more of a chance for the Canadians, right? Felix Auger, Yassim, Denis Shapovalov, yeah. hopefully Milos can get healthy and come back, like three dominant Canadians. We're living in the golden age of Canadian tennis. If Novak's not going to be there... Federer and Nadal are old. There, there needs to be someone to take over. It, it might be a Canadian, right? Felix and Chapo. They are, they're really good. So without, there could be a new age of tennis coming. And with Novak kind of doing this, it means like he's kind of taking that early exit. So Felix, man, it'd be awesome if he could take over a Canadian number one in the tennis world. Never thought I'd see the day. Coming soon to a tennis court near. Are are we sure that Rafa Nadal is old? Like, he's 36 this year, but that dude just keep, won the Aussie Open this year, won the French in 2020. I'm, I get less convinced. Remember when we were young, when athletes literally got old, but now we have Tom Brady after Doug Flutie and the tennis, like Federer's borderline 40 years old and still crushing guys? Like... I remember when people got old. Does that not happen anymore? Yeah, Yogg's playing at 50, man. We just talked about it. Well, exactly. Like, Danny McManus was able to put it on, but he, he, got, old. he got old, but he, got, he was crafty, right? These guys are just still super elite athletes at incredibly old age. How old was George Blanda? 40. Did Blanda play till 52? It was something crazy like that. George Blanda, old Raiders quarterback. He was a kicker by the end, right? Uh, he, uh, he last played for the Raiders in 75. He was born in 27, so 48 years old. Oh, almost 50. Yeah. It's 
It's crazy. But that's, I mean, smoking, it preserves you. Smoking and a nice, nice oh, yeah. steak before the game. It warms the lungs up before you go out there. Exactly. <laughs> 5-29. Glenn Suter takes us around the CFL uh, next. The Sports Cage text line is 306-936-6262. It's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. One time for fine tailored suits brought to you by Quality Tire. Ten locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. Glenn Suter, who, this may be the thing I respect about you the most. We're on the radio, and yet you dress up for this. I am, I'm in sweatpants and a t-shirt, and you're all, you all look good. Uh, it's a business day. It's a business day. We do the show. We do the hit. And also, we've got some work to do for a couple other events that uh, will be in the province, including the Dog's Breakfast, which is in early May in Saskatoon. So working on that as well. And we have uh, Telemiracle coming up in Regina in early March as well. So working on those two projects. All right. So you're going to be in Saskatoon. Clayton, what's the, uh, what's the curling club suits can sleep at? In Saskatoon? <laughs> the CN Curling Club is the one you get rowdy at, and it feels like a cabin up there in the lounge. But the one you want to eat at is the Granite Curling Club. It's downtown Saskatoon. You wouldn't think it, but this curling club has the best food around. Granite Curling, just making a note here, Granite Curling Club, and say I know Clayton. Okay. <laughs> he, don't say that that doesn't get you very far in this town okay. that's yeah, but that's a bad idea he swears best chinese food in town is at the the granite curling club right clayton yeah absolutely love it who love it. Who, we'll give it a shot. who would have thought all right well since you're looking so spiffy let's talk about some some cfl news and we talked about the BC Lions last year. I loved that they, they hired uh, Tristan Dice, who was a college player at the University of Manitoba, a young guy who wanted to be a coach. Rick Campbell put him on his staff. They hired Claudel Lewis, uh, uh, honestly still a young guy, but had just retired as a CFL player, and put him on the staff. And uh, again, today they make another announcement that makes me go, whoever is making these decisions, and I assume it's, it's Rick Campbell in concert with, with the club, just really looking toward the future of football and ensuring it is they hired Tanya Williams, the first woman to be a full-time assistant coach in the CFL today. Yeah, Co- Coach Tanya. I, I, the, the Canadian Football League, and in specifically the BC Lions today, have, have really made history. They've made history in the first full-time woman that will be coaching professional football in the Canadian Football League ever. And when you consider that we're over 100 years of history in the league, it's, it's a long time coming. And I, and I love this signing for two reasons. One is she is very qualified, was with Western Women's CFL in 2013 with the Edmonton Storm, represented Team Alberta and Team Canada, and won a silver medal in the IFAF Women's World Championships in 17 obviously knows the game and was coaching at the high school level in Edmonton before getting the call to the Lions. So you have to know that, and I know you understand this DT that Tanya would have gone through, um, you know, a a much steeper mountain to climb a much, a, a huge mountain to climb in compared to, you know, 
a man in high school coaching right now and had that same type of resume, the door is open to him to move forward. It hasn't been for her. And now it is. And now she's breaking through. And so this is a historic moment. I'm I'm happy that the Lions also had the, you know, the courage to do it. I and courage maybe is the wrong word because I, you know, this they didn't jump in front of a bus here, but, but yeah. they, they didn't, they, they put aside any of the bias going in that a woman can't do this job. And, and they said, no, no, she is absolutely qualified. I heard Rick, uh, Rick Campbell, the head coach in BC say today that her work ethic is unbelievable and she's going to help the football team. She's going to help those guys prepare and get ready to win games. So this is this is a historic moment for the Canadian Football League, but I, I think, uh, you know, just it, it's one of those days where you're sort of proud to be involved with the CFL. It's yeah. it's about that inclusion, um, and we've talked about it many times with regards to race, but this is also in, with regards to gender. Now, breaking through, good for Tanya. I can't wait to see her uh, coaching them up. Well. You, we we all just at the beginning of our careers where where she is with with her coaching we all just wanted our foot in the door right and you just right. need to get your foot in the door and well where you were from kind of doesn't matter once you, once you got there well you never played in the CFL well a lot of a lot of a lot of coaches currently in the CFL did not play in the CFL and for them for some reason it doesn't matter but it it, it can matter for other people you go well I just want my foot in the door and let me show you what you can do and you get in there and you work your butt off uh, the the two things that kind of stick out for for me in this one are uh so many coaches in our country are volunteers or even when you get to the university level they're on an honorarium right where you get a couple of bucks at the end of the year for thanks for your your hard work and you put in hours and hours Mm -hmm. this is a full-time position uh it may not be six figures or seven figures or whatever it is but it's a full-time position you're a coach and we're going to pay you like a coach so go coach and that gives you the opportunity to to go and see what you can do that part of this to me is very important that this is a full-time coaching job yeah and that's where it does break you know it, it is making history that's where that's where it, it is different than you know a guest coach in training camp those kind of things and yeah and it gives her a chance in the door to now move up the ladder yeah possibly i mean who knows maybe coach tanya in five years becomes a coordinator and wouldn't that be fantastic again she's qualified and that's where it starts. I mean, you, you have to be able to do the job and she can do the job based on her resume and her knowledge of the game. So she yeah. goes in, she gets her foot in the door and that's the mountain. And I'm sure women listening right now are saying, yeah, that's it. We just didn't ever have the opportunity because we were canceled before we got even a chance in the door. Well, now that door is being open a crack. Tanya's starting the, the, the parade and hopefully it continues because we're seeing more uh, female or women um, officials in the Canadian Football League. That's starting to happen more often. So uh, it's starting, and that's good to see. Yeah, and the the second part of this is, and I mean the BC Lions by what they showed us in 2021, it's, it's great to bring somebody in and give them a chance, but you have to give them the proper support as well. 
right? Yeah. Oh, just go do it. Just you're in the lion's den. Go for it. Well, no, I need you to help me along with my career. I'm I'm a defensive assistant. Help me out in that respect. And we all need to take care of each other in this coaching staff because we're all a we're all a team. So uh, by the fact that Tristan Dice is back for I'm not sure if Lewis is back for year two, but Tristan Dice is back for year two. Uh, he comes from a coaching family, so that that certainly helps him. But uh, bring him in but give them a real opportunity and support them along the way. Because like any brand new CFL coach, she's going to get in there and her eyes are going to go, oh boy, this is, this is a different level and I'm ready for it. Let's go. Yeah. And you're, you're dealing with, you know, with men putting food on the table now, this is their livelihood. So yeah, all of that is going to be a learning curve for her. Like it would be any coach. Uh, but when you say support, I think it's a good point because she will need in case there is any player that in his own mind decides I'm not going to respect this coach like I would a different coach that has to be cut off immediately and made sure I don't think it'll happen I think we've evolved past that for the most part but you never know there might be one guy who just isn't buying into this idea and doesn't give quite the respect he should mm-hmm. and that need to that needs to be stopped immediately by leadership first in the team within his his teammates and his fellow players but then beyond that to the coaching staff and then even as high as the owner who is is making a lot of positive moves DT just like Edmonton did today yep. but and their announcement but I am loving what Amar Dolman is doing in BC out of the gate yeah it's it's pretty great and uh, BC lines Deserve a lot of credit, Rick Campbell as well, and the the new owner Amar Doman. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the Edmonton thing, Clayton. Let me bring you in here on this. Golden Bears play at noon. Elks game at five o'clock. Football doubleheader. I feel like this should be the standard across the country. Honestly, you can have the two Edmonton CJFL teams either end it off <laughs> or maybe play a morning game as well. Have a nice breakfast football game as well. In Saskatchewan, you could do this too, right? You could have the nice Hilltops versus the Thunder. You could have the Huskies versus the uh, Rams, and you could end it with a Ryder game, right? Just have a triple header, big mm. football day, make it a little festival. I think that'd be such a cool idea if that just takes off across the league. Yeah, you just, just need someone to get it started. October 15th, University of Alberta against a team to be determined at noon and then suits the Elks and Argos at 5 o'clock. And when I, the second I saw this, I thought, Oh, Suits is somewhere smiling at the thought of this. No, just outstanding. And and with regards to the news today and Coach Tanya and then this, and and to think of my conversation with Amar Doman, the the owner in Vancouver, and during the end of the season when I got a chance to talk to him a couple of times, just the the conviction by which he would tell me that he wants every amateur football kid in this province in BC to be wearing an orange t-shirt at some point. He wants them to have a t-shirt on. He wants them to be part of the football community and that the lions are the leaders in that regard. And it looks like Edmonton and their new leadership group is doing the same thing. People often say, how do we get more fans in the stands or watching on television? And the way you do that is one at a time, starting with, the people that love the game and the people that love the game and haven't made a decision on whether or not it's worthy because of the player salaries. Those, those are kids. Those are kids playing the game at the amateur level. I'd love to see this grow to not only 
university in the morning or the after early afternoon and then a CFL game at night. But how about football weekends where touch football kids play on Saturday and their parents stay in the town. And then on Sunday is the university game in the afternoon and the pro game in the evening. And I mean, all kinds of ideas that can grow from this, but, but the premise being, and the most important aspect being that the kids that you're talking to that are nine years old, 10 years old playing flag football, touch football right now. Those are the kids that you take them to a football game and they are hooked. That's how I got hooked. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it's how you got hooked, DT, everybody. I still have Jim Young's chin strap from when I was about 10 years old or 12 years old running on the field after a BC Lions game. And he kneeled down and gave me 10 minutes of his time after a, a big win the cardiac kids they were at that time (laughs) coming back from behind and dirty 30 jimmy young sat down and and gave a 12 year old kid five minutes of his time and say keep with it keep working and maybe one day you'll be on this field i was hooked forever on the bc lions and canadian football and and Really, this is what these two teams are doing right now behind the scenes, and I love it. Uh, one thing, that chin strap must smell terrible now all these years <laughs> later. Uh, but two, uh, football fans in Manitoba will never forget, hey, 2007, the Bisons were in the Vanier Cup, and uh, the Bombers were in the Grey Cup. Of course, the Riders in that game as well. But they'll, they'll never forget that those games were played on a Friday and Sunday at Sky Dome. And you go, okay, well, there's another one that we've been trying to get back to Virtually, well, a certain segment of fans have been trying to get back to every year since then. Why aren't? Why isn't this done this way? Why doesn't the CFL do this for minor football? Well, it it takes someone to start it, right? And and props to the Elks for starting it up yeah. once again and saying it's an important thing. Will it encompass junior football teams? Could you have? Yes. Could you make this? Could you make schedules line up? And some of this is schedule related, but could you line up the high school championship? to be the noon game for a 5 p.m. CFL game, something like that. The stuff that, like you say, it just it, it just draws, it just connects people to football. And that's that's what you want because if you get into football, people are going to find the Canadian Football League because it's the top level in our country. So uh, this, is, this is just another nice step and another club that deserves a little love. Yeah, ag- agreed. I, I've often said this. I'll be real quick here, but mm. I've often said that you know, the Walt Disney Corporation never, ever sold me on anything. They sold my eight-year-old son that Buzz Lightyear was super cool. And my son sold me on buying Buzz Lightyear and taking him to Disneyland. So that's that's really the philosophy when it comes to working with young kids that are playing football and love the game. Let's talk to those kids. It's Glenn Suter not realizing we can see the little Olaf in the bottom of the left left hand of the screen here. We see you, Suits. We see you, Frozen. <laughs> I get it. Uh, 546, we'll talk about a couple moves around the CFL. We need to hit on the Brandon Banks one a little little harder than we we skipped it yesterday for the most part. But Brandon Banks going down the highway to play for his rivals. It's next in the cage. with the sports ticker. The Bombers have signed American quarterback Dakota Prukop to a one-year contract. Prukop has dressed in 49 career regular season games in the Canadian Football League. The sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090.
547 as we continue with Glenn Suter and fine tailored suits. Riders News Today signing quarterback Jake Doligala. 25-year-old from Central Connecticut State, had a year in the National Football League and then bounced around a little bit. Bombers signing quarterback Dakota Prukop, who we talked about yesterday. And Danny Austin of the Calgary Sun and Herald suit saying today, hearing that Jordan Williams-Lambert and the Stampeders share some mutual interest. That would be a former rider receiver joining the Calgary Stampeders and giving them some extra size and receiving skill. Not like they need any with Bagleton and and uh, Kamar Jordan and Sindani and just <laughs> Calgary, stop taking good players. Stop well, it. I'm ha- I, I'm happy for uh, Williams Lambert. I, I I'm happy that a guy who has somehow kind of lost his way, whether through injury or whatever it might be, and and just kind of is not not showing that form that we've seen he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I cheer for those guys to make the comeback. I really do because you know what's in there. You yeah. know they're capable. You know they're capable of it. So what's happened? Is it mental? Is it physical? Can he get through it? Is it personal? Because those are part of the equation. And I, I cheer for guys. I, I really think we should have a comeback player of the league of the year like they do in the NFL, where we, we take a guy like that who, who has a, a bad season or an off season and then comes back with a huge one right after that. I think it's it's part of, of the lore of professional sports, part of the the great storytelling that you can that you can participate in mm-hmm. in, in professional sports to uh, to talk about those comeback stories. Yeah, Williams Lambert uh, suffered an, an ankle injury early in camp, which I think, if I remember correctly, was a weird one. And then when he was back from that, he suffered a hand injury. Uh, coach had said he cut his he was being he running a route deep into the end zone. You know, put his hands out to stop himself, cut his hand on a sign which then kept him out for a while, re- rehabbing a wrist injury, just went went home to do it. Looks like he'll be back in the uh, Canadian Football Great. League. Who would have been the comeback player of the year in 2021? Everybody. everybody. Well, every, everybody <laughs> yeah, was the back. League. So I guess <laughs> the we, league, yeah. we just give it to the MOP, I guess. But I'm trying to think of who was a great – who was coming back from injury or um, – yeah. Ooh, that's good. I'm going to have to dig into that when I uh, – when I uh, get home today, uh, Brandon Banks. Yeah. Moving on from the Hamilton Ticats. We knew that was coming. There was the teary goodbye video and Banks uh, saying goodbye. Some guys just like that move right up the highway. Uh, oh, the Argos cut me. I'm Chris Van Zyl. I'm going to the Ticats. The, the Ticats cut me. I'm Brandon Banks. I'm going to Toronto. And Toronto's putting together quite the receiving core with Mr. Banks in it. Yeah, you know, this is this is one of the signings that I think that can be taken advantage of here from a league perspective, marketing perspective, certainly Labor Day weekend, going into Labor Day if he's healthy and he's playing well, which which he's very capable of. I don't think he's too old. I still think the that Speedy B has has some speed left and then still has the ability to be a thousand yard receiver or better, like maybe even a 13, 1400 yard receiver if he can stay healthy. I, I think he can. I really do. I, I haven't seen him really slow down. I just the injuries affected him, and and he didn't. And then and then the uh, the the younger players in the receiving core in Hamilton evolving and growing, that sort of took away his. I, I don't know the urgency to get, get him the ball. They could spread it around more, and that obviously affected his uh, his numbers and things like that. But I still think he's got it in him, and to play against the rival, 
is something that can be marketed and talked about, and it will be when yeah. it comes to those two teams playing each other. And I, and I like it. I, I think he's evolved as a person too. I really do. You know, yeah. I had a DT. I had a good conversation with uh, coach Steinauer about banks at the end of last year. And he emphasized how hard he works that no one really knows that about him. They talk about what he says. They talk about some of his, let's say outward emotion on the bench um, they talk about some of those things all the time. What they don't see is that he is a hardworking guy, that he puts the time in, and I think he's probably evolved there. So this is this is an interesting signing, and it's it's one the league can really take advantage of. Yeah, and, and Banks' season, I think people are kind of picking on, well, last season was not very good for him, and, well, now he's older, and 2019 is a long time ago. Uh, that cat had 20 targets in the first two games for the Ticats last season. Then he gets banged up in the third game, tries to play through it uh, in the next game, ultimately can't, goes goes to uh, the injured list. But there there aren't many receivers for whom you would throw the ball 20 times in two games. I can think of there's maybe 10 in the entire CFL. Uh, so they now take him. They pair him up with Devaris Daniels. Eric Rogers, uh, Jawan Breskison, Curly Gittens on the outside, and you go, okay, uh, I see you, Toronto. I see what you're trying to do. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson can throw the ball to the moon. He's got some receivers who can who can run that far very quickly to get it. And then Eric Rogers is the red, the big red zone threat in the Canadian Football League. Like, mm-hmm. okay, they may they may have something there if they can protect their quarterback, which is the story of seven other CFL teams. Yeah, no question. And, and, you know, with Brandon, it's a, it's an equation that, that is, is directly related to his size. So if, if a guy that that is that size is slowing down because of age or injury, then that's an issue. That's an issue because you just can't avoid like he used to be able to avoid and he'll take those big hits and then he can't stay healthy. But a guy that is tiny like that, that still has the speed and quickness, which I think he does, still potential 1,400-yard receiver. Oh, 1,400. Uh, Clayton Croker, will you price his right suits on a prediction of how many yards Banks could have this year if he's healthy? I honestly think if he's healthy the entire season, he's due for a couple big plays. I would say I'd say over 850 yards. I, I'd say right around 850 yards. He had, I'm just going to pull it up as we go, 1550 in 2019, 1423 in 2018 on uh, 206 uh, total catches in those seasons. So a hundred catches. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's put the let's put the over and under at eleven hundred yards, and I'll take the over. Clayton will take the under. Oh, what do you got? Like it? I'll take the over. You're taking the over. Now you I'll just take the over. You just said eight fifty. How are you taking the over? I know, but after you read those stats out, I didn't realize that he still got it that much. Like, well, geez, he's still like he that had, wasn't that long ago that he was putting up those numbers. He had four hundred seventy-four yards this past season on seventy targets. Does that make? Can I draw you to the under? How high do I need to make the eleven fifty? Will you take the under? You can't keep throwing variables at me like this. I I'm, I can't commit to anything, <laughs> I, man. I was like... told there would be no math. Yeah, uh, Clayton, I'm just assigning you the under on this one because then we got a, then we got a little wager going on between you and Suits, and and that's reason for uh, some trash talking yeah. come November. I like it. Fine. I'll take one for the team. Uh, winner has to buy the loser dinner at. Uh, 
uh, uh, the granite curling. The granite. Foot. There you go. Fourth oh. time, DT. You can't remember the name. You should remember the name. I was stuck on the Natana and the CN and Stooners, and I'm just, I got a lot going through my brain right now. Hurry hard, buddy. Hurry yes. hard. <laughs> Suits, thank you, brother. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks, guys. Take care. Glenn Suter, fine tailored suits brought to you by Quality Tire. Ten locations across Saskatchewan. QualityTire.ca. Uh, I still think, Zinger, we're okay if, if, if uh, Clayton wants to call us Reggie's. I feel like that's actually not bad. Reggie Kleisinger, I like that. Huh? Hey. Clayton, can we, can we get that from you? Can you do that for Fine. us? Fine. I thought it would be kind of a little bit of a, little bit of a cringy one, but if you guys like Reggie's, then that's fine. Yeah, I, we need some sort of slanderous name for us uh, Reginans. Reggie Hunt right? was a Riders, is Riders legend. Reggie was the cool guy in the Archie comics. Um, yeah, Reggie White, Green Bay Packer legend. Reggie White, Reggie Jackson. Ah, Mr. October. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of good Reggies out there. There's a lot of Reggies. Not a lot of... No more's coming to my mind, though. I, like, I, I felt like I was on the roll there, and I lost it all. Yeah. It just, honestly, Clayton, Saskatonian is so many syllables that Sask-a-tony- I just... Saskatoni... Yeah. Five? Yeah. That's a lot, man. That's it's a lot. classy. It's classy. That's the same number of syllables as Antetokounmpo, I think. Antetokounmpo. Oh, well, yeah, so, and he's the MVP of you. He plays for your favorite team. Yeah, that's but actually... But imagine having to call someone, you know, a five-syllable hometown name. Yeah. Like, that's a lot to ask, isn't it? Stooner's a lot of people struggle sounds, to say... Stooners is too redneck, man. Stooner yeah. sounds so redneck. A lot of people struggle to say Adetokounmpo, so well, probably a lot of people would struggle to say Saskatonian. Uh, is that how you say it? Saskatonian. Saskatonian. Yeah. yeah. Saskatonian. That Western semifinal, there was a catch by Luther Akanavanu, and I'm like, oh boy, that's a lot of that's a lot of syllables. Luther too. Akanavanu. Uh, Luther Hakunavanu. Oh crap! I have to remember how to. I'll tune it up in time for this. Hakunavanu, something. Hakunavanu. With an H on front. Okay. Hakuna Vanu. There you go. Okay. Like, it's a lot of syllables. Wow. Just, there's so just Luhu. Just boom. We're Luhu. Remember just, remember when I struggled to say Nurmagomedov for like two years straight right. and then I finally nailed it on one sports cage. I was like, Yes. Those, those I graduated. Shapovalov, <laughs> Nurmagomedov, just all I'm the, getting better. Yeah, we're absolutely uh Adowu when he played middle linebacker for the Riders. Uh, uh, Liam Howarlahu. Oh, there you go. Uh, like that all one. the good ones. <laughs> so that's why, Clayton, we default to the insulting Stooner, but Saskatonians live strong. Liram Hyralahu was a tough one for my dad, so we just called him Jim. Just gave up, just decided, yeah, I'm just going to call him Jim now. I'm tired of trying to pronounce his name, just calling him Jim. Here comes Jim for the field goal attempt. I love it. I like your dad even more. Brother, thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Let it Have a good one. Clayton Croker. Mornings with Stacey and Clayton on 96.3 Cruise FM in Saskatoon. He joins us Tuesday and thir- Tuesday to Thursday here on the Cage 559. News is next. 620 CKRM. 605 on a Tuesday. The Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries. The main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. The text line is 306-936-6262. It's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. Saskatchewan's number one. GM dealership from the text line. I think U Sport and the CJFL need to form divisions with CFL teams and play double headers Saturday 
or Sunday. Imagine Labor Days with all three games with national TV or regional in the markets. Do it on CBC and the federal government can support it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, I'm down for anything that could get people into the stands. The Don't Edmonton, matter. Yeah, the Edmonton Elks announcing October 15th. They'll have a University of Alberta game at noon and then the Elks versus the Argos at 5 p.m. It, it seems like a no-brainer, right? There's got to be pretty substantial logistical things to take care of. Like, hey, by the way, we now have to staff this for five hours longer. And we need these players to get off the field in order for the CFL game not to be interrupted anyway. You know, CFL players mm-hmm. have their routines, right? Some guys are out this long before. Some guys are out this before. They've got their – they go back in. They come back out. Like, you need to – not make the day so unbearably long for the fans, but you need to kind of yeah. respect that this is men and women working, right? Like this is a CFL game. We're we're at work. It's, it'll take a bit of work, you yeah. know, like on game day. But I think the long term effects is be worth it. I read that uh, Alberta Golden Bears haven't played at Commonwealth since 1999. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that was a game that they did, like a back to back game like that or not, but. I'm trying to think, like, league-wide, you can basically do it with every single team. I mean, BC could be UBC. I mean, you could have UBC. If UBC, Simon Fraser, although they're in different leagues now, could play again. There you go. Calgary has the Dinos, Edmonton, the Bears. Here we've got the Rams. you got a Rams-Huskies game. Mm -hmm. Winnipeg has the Bisons. They could play anybody. Could you imagine a Rams-Huskies game at Mosaic before a Ryder game? (laughs) Like like an 8 p.m. Ryder start. On a Saturday night, yeah, with a like a twelve noon whatever Rams Huskies game, like that would if you want to get people in the stands for a Ram for a Rams Huskies game at Mosaic, yeah. it, it it will. I don't want to say it will be the same amount of people that the when the stadium opened years ago, it was sixteen thousand five hundred that October first game in the. Uh, 2016 or 17? I can't remember either. I, uh, 2016 it would have yeah. been the, before the inaugural season. So that would be really exciting. Like um, You can even just, I don't know how you would do it, just sell tickets. Or if you have a ticket to the Ryder game, you can just come in for free and watch the Rams-Huskies game or yeah. wh- whatever like that. The, the key would be what do you do in between the games? Right, because people are coming for the late game. In this case, they'd be coming for a Ryder game. How do you get them to go to the the Rams Huskies game yeah. in this hypothetical situation? And how do you make the the part in between them not so long? Or how do you give them something to do in that time where they can be occupied and then be ready for the Ryder game? Number one, I think the first thing you got to look at is you got to do it earlier on in the Canada West slash uh, U Sports schedule because. Yep you basically lose a lot of options if you're going to be doing this thing in the wintertime if you want people to stick around for another game. So that's number one, unless you're doing it indoors, of course, but even still. So the weather plays a part of it. Weather, you need the weather. Um, I don't know. At Mosaic, maybe you can do something at Confederation Park beside the stadium, maybe maybe like a concert or or something like that. Um, I don't know. Have a a beer garden somewhere? Beer garden? There's a lot of things you you could do to... Uh, I know there's uh, maybe some restaurants that are going up around Mosaic. I mean, we saw local fast food or that f- fast food chain go up in the parking lot at the Brant Center like last True. year. Yeah. So who who knows uh, if some of 
some more of that's coming around. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you can just sit around the table and you have like 15 different minds just like spitball exactly what I'm doing right now. And you kind of just throw it all in one bowl, blend it up and take what, take the best out of it. There you go. That or take the CFL game and move it to libel field. Can you imagine watching? Hey, if the Arizona Coyotes can play in a 5,000-seat arena for three years wow. coming, Libel Field. That would be a, Hey, I'm, I'm, I, I, think, I think the Rams, they would look good in that stadium full-time. CFL game, I'm down for it too. I mean, let's do this thing. I think the Argos, I think the Argos still might struggle to sell that thing out if they came over here to play at Libel. <laughs> you know, the poor Argos would be there and there'd be like three people in the crowd. No, I'm just joking. It's yeah. not that bad. We just we just need we just need more promotion for them, right? Like everybody's been every football fan, not every football fan, but you know what I mean, has been screaming for why isn't U Sports football on television? Well, super expensive, minimal uptake, blah blah blah. Why goes down to well, why isn't there more coverage for junior football? Why isn't the national championship on TV? Why can't we have more of this? And you go, this is this is a problem with so many different things in the way of an actual solution that you just need someone to go. Oh, well, I'm going to do this, and it mm-hmm. needs to be someone in, in power to go. I'm going to do this, and here's the Edmonton Elks still trying to splash it up. I presume Deron Carter will coach one of the teams in the Bear, Golden Bears game against whoever they play, just to splash it up a little more. But here's the Elks going, we're going to do this. Yep. It's Let's a good do idea. it. Every, I mean, and then just the, the effects of, well, the Golden Bears will now feel more attached to the Edmonton Elks team. Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, that's good. That, that could be good for recruiting purposes if they think there's some sort of – maybe it's super cool. When I was a kid, it, we I grew up right near Calgary, right? And every – I think it was every year, every year, every other year, we would play a game at McMahon Stadium. Ooh. And McMahon Stadium in 1991 was carpet over concrete. It was awful. But as a kid, you're like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. This is the best raspberry I'll ever have on my arm. <laughs> this is awesome. My hip is destroyed. There is no skin left on it, but I don't care because it's it's awesome. Just because you felt that little more connected to it. And oh, by the way, the Stampeders had a defensive back named Derek Taylor at one point, so I was pretty happy about oh, that, okay. as you might imagine. <laughs> and then the Calgary '88s, the basketball team had a had a guy named Derek Taylor as well. So I was in heaven. Oh. I was in absolute heaven. But you just you get a little more connected to it, and it's not a quick fix. We one of my biggest beefs is that, well, we want quick fixes. Let's go. You know what? These these things need time to germinate. You may hail, hate CFL 2.0. Might be the, oh, it's the worst thing ever. You know what? It just, it needs some time. We don't, we have no idea what it's going to be like after one year plus part of a year. Because the CFL was not committed to 2.0 in 2021. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to go to two. They stuck it at one. La, la, la. How, we're, we're not committed to that yet. We need to actually try these things and realize, you know what? Sometimes substantial change. The Argos didn't go from a drawing whatever it is, 40,000 to drawing 8,000 overnight. It took decades. So the build back better plan is going to take a long time too. I'd move those arg. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. I, the one thing that really bothers me is when people compare <sighs> – like American, like sports in America, sports in Canada, like two different things. Not the same at all. Agreed. Like you, you can't, you can't compare it because, like, 
number one, we don't have the people here, therefore we don't have the money here. Like the market, like it's just not as big as a business. Therefore, it's going to be more difficult to get the results that people want in a, an American yeah. type. So that's the one thing, like to your point, where it just takes time. You got to have ideas that are cost efficient, and you just got to stick with it for a period of time and let it snowball, if you will, you know, germinate. And then, so with this idea today with the the U Sports game, man, it's Bring it on. I, I want more teams to do this across the league, and even out east, you can do the same thing out, out east. Like McMaster plays, uh, they're they're in Hamilton. You can have McMaster. McMaster Western game before yeah. Ticats game. With uh, Marshall Ferguson flipping the oh. opening coin toss. Marsh will just melt into a puddle <laughs> of happiness. Just like Frosty the Snowman, oh. he would just melt at midfield. After he flipped the coin, he'd be like, yeah. my life is complete. Argos game, melt. U of T and York. There's two schools within the same city. They're not great football schools. Moving on. The GGs take on Carlton before Red Blacks oh, game. Boom, one, we're yeah. done. Laval, Montreal before an Alouettes game. Although there's at least half a chance the Laval Montreal game would outdraw the Alouettes game, but that's whatever, (laughs) whatever. That's uh, that's there's, there's the way to do it. It just, it, it takes someone to do it and someone will like the Elks will do this and they'll look at it and they'll go, okay, well, logistically, here's where it worked. Here's where it was a bleep and nightmare. Let's try it again next year. Someone just, just got to go for it. And I really hope that we get back to Grey Cup, Vanity Cup and I, w- I would be down for the Canadian Bowl, the CGFL Championship. If it's not on the same day, maybe like the Friday or the Saturday or the Friday, like have like a Canadian football yeah. weekend and even get that CGFL game. You know, it might take a few years, but if we can get that broadcasted as well on like national television, like that would be hot. Awards night Thursday, Vanier Cup Friday, early enough that folks can leave the game and still go out and party. Saturday, you know, whatever you're you're down at the Grey Cup site and you're walking through and you're enjoying all the the setup. Sunday the game, but yeah, get the Vanya Cup and the, the yes. Grey Cup back together. Like talk to any any football fan from Manitoba, they'll never forget '07, where their team was in both games. Yeah, yeah. Even the uh, I think it was 2011. The the Vanier Marshall was a part of with McMaster at the. It was either BC Place or or. Or or uh, the Rogers Center, but there was like over thirty five, like forty thousand people, and that was like less than just over ten years ago. Yeah, and and like we got to get back to that. BC Place, McMaster forty one, Laval thirty eight. God, what, that was a game. What was overtimes. the what was the attendance? The attendance on there twenty four nine three five twenty four, which okay. is fantastic. That's a good, nice, still a good crowd. It's a little less than I was making it to be in my head, but still, that's a good crowd for a championship game so what was the huskies vanier cup game i went to it was the vanier cup the huskies and western and uh brent schneider was the quarterback and i was the only guy in this in the crowd screaming let's go schneider because he he hummed the ball all over the yard was this in the what year ish oh 90 oh 93 4 5 let's so see. i think they went to three venues in the 94, 90s 95 I'm not a hundred percent sure. Ninety six, I think they won it in ninety six. The Huskies. This this one they definitely they lost. Western they lost won in ninety four, so that would be. But there was me in the crowd. Let's <laughs> go, Schneider! <laughs> and then uh, eventually, some kids below me started catching on to it because they thought I was super cool, uh, obviously. But twenty nine thousand people there. Schneider 
must have thrown for 500 yards in that Holy game. Holy smokes. Humming it all over the place. And that one uh, went to overtime in a 50-40 to 40 final. So my friends who I who I took from university, I was second year university, took them to it and like, sure, let's go to the game. They had the greatest time. Yeah. Because man, that that game was bonkers. Two thousand Vanier four. Two thousand Vanier Cup, the only Vanier that the Rams uh that U of R Rams have ever been to when they lost to Ottawa. Uh, it says 18,200 people at the Sky Dome. See, still like that's a, like 20,000 people and and on top of that, you're great. you're getting the atmosphere of the football weekend with the Grey Cup being the next day after. It just yeah, it makes it more flavorful the weekend. Even the Grey Cup itself, when it when the Grey Cup finally is on, it's like oh yeah, we've been waiting for this, you know, because we were watching the venue the day before. And yeah, it's the, they gotta they gotta start doing that. The question is just all will always be well, who's gonna fit the bill? Yeah, in big time American college, it's it's already fit because people are going to watch people are conditioned to watch they're born to watch they grow up watching i'm alabama till i die blah 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 permian blah, blah. panthers right high school football oh you love the permian panthers oh, like yeah. come on like you you grow up on it i mean it's is it like how we do hockey here just that you know twenty five thousand people will go to watch a high school game and we yeah. may not hear That's well it. i guess we have junior hockey here that people yeah. will will flock to in certain markets it it's still it 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 can be done it can be done so hopefully there are valuable lessons from this elks adventure october 15th the university game and then five o'clock the elks and argos uh beautifully done by the edmonton elks they deserve a, a lot of credit for this and support of it as well 619 more coming from the cage Six twenty on a Tuesday on six twenty CKRM for Saskatchewan Lotteries. Former Rattler Kenny Edgem passed away. The twenty-seven-year-old was playing in Bahrain. The CEBL put out a statement today saying Kenny exemplified what our league is all about. His hard work and infectious personality motivated his teammates and inspired younger players to pursue their dreams. As much as Kenny derived from the game, he gave back far more. The former Rattlers player passing away. Uh, while he was playing in Bahrain at the age wow. of 27. Did not know that one. Yeah, that one came across from the CEBL a little earlier today. Super Bowl in the books. Still can't believe the NFL season is going to wait a long time. Although it's 60 days from today, DT, that you're going to be sitting back watching the United States Football League. <laughs> It starts it starts in two months. I feel like you <laughs> meant to say I'll see it on my guide and skip past it for a rerun of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Maybe. How much USFL do you actually intend to watch? Oh. Are you really do you really need to see Bart Andrus mis you know misuse his timeouts that badly? I find it I find the first and this is the problem with these spring leagues, by the way. I find it interesting for the first couple of weeks just to get a taste of the uniforms and yeah. get a taste of like what the atmosphere is happening like. But after that, I mean, and plus this year it's going to be different because every single game is being played in one city. It's all being played in Birmingham, Alabama. So it's like a hub. 
So it's like you can't even get the unique taste of each individual stadium and stuff. So that alone takes away the juice from the league. Mm. But regardless, United States Football Eve, you want to watch the Michigan Panthers take on the Tampa Bay Bandits at like 2 p.m. Saskatchewan time on a Saturday, you know. That just feels like one of those old Super Nintendo games where they didn't have the rights to use the actual team names. And the logos are like that, too. They're like Madden Creative Team logos. <laughs> Why would I not watch this? This sounds amazing. Are you sold yet? It's going to be a great league. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the draft is next week. Oh, my gosh. Are yeah. you serious? Yep. Wow. Where will the Michigan Panthers select... Quarterback Sean McGuire. <laughs> Sean McGuire, I heard, is coming out of retirement. Right? No, I'm just kidding. Super Bowl. 112 million people watched the Super Bowl. I saw that. That is uh, that is up a lot since... Uh, what, what was the statistic that I read? Was it the last Super Bowl? Regardless, it's up like 18% over... Um, Either last year's, yeah, it was last year's Super Bowl. It's up nearly like 15, 18% over last year's Super Bowl. That's uh, the statistic I read. Took me a long time to get there, but that's, we're here. On conventional TV, it was 99 million. That's up over 95 last year in, and uh, equal to what they did in 2019. So things are going well. Obviously, those people who were uh, saying that I'm never going to watch again because you let them kneel, obviously, those were very serious people who need to be listened to in the future. <laughs> yeah i think the nfl will be just fine with how many what a hundred billion dollars in tv contracts i think they'll be okay but i i read i read uh by 2027 the nfl is going to be worth like 27 billion dollars or something like that well uh the denver broncos are for sale right the, is it true? The, yeah, is it the true? The estate of Pat Bowen is, is selling them, and they're going to go for how many billion dollars? Is it true that Peyton Manning and someone else is trying to buy the Denver Broncos, or is that malarkey? It like how Peyton, could uh, Peyton Manning has a lot of money, but I, he doesn't have owner money for a National no, Football League team. No chance. No uh, chance. Peyton Manning, Spot Track, Spot Track, of course, a great website for like two hundred million, maybe he made in his career two two fifty something like that. Doop, 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 doop. Come on, give me a little sum here. Maybe I got to go to pro. This is good radio when I go to pro football reference. Pull up. Regardless, he, like he's going to be. There's, there's no way. Like Clubs are worth billion, $4 yeah. billion. Dollars. Like the Cowboys, weren't they last valued at like $4 billion? There's only like a handful of people, I think, in the world that can actually afford that, right? Like there's only so many billionaires out there. Because you, you got to put. And you got to put together that kind of money and 1 billion doesn't do it. Like yeah. Bobby Axelrod and billions tried to buy the giants in your, whatever it was season two, but he couldn't make that because, Oh, season one, because total dirtbag, but Bobby Axelrod, come on. He's no Michael Prince. Let me tell you that. But yeah, you got to put together $4 billion, but Peyton could Peyton and Eli Manning could put together, could front an, a nice sum of money mm -hmm. and then have a big money partner pick up the rest but then Peyton Peyton's the front man right right because I mean he made a little extra 34 million that last contract just even though he wasn't really a good quarterback yeah. in that Super Bowl year it's just crazy man how how much money the National Football League has like 27 billion dollars in a few years and it's growing even more like this coming regular season I think uh, it's going to be the first 
NFL game played in Germany, I read. I think it's going to be in Next Munich. Next four years they'll play a game in Germany, yeah. Yeah, and that's just, there again, just the possibilities of them growing their fan base across overseas is just endless because yeah. England's on board, Germany's going to be there right with them. It's crazy. Mexico. Well, and because it's it's limited entry, right? There's only 32 teams, and yeah, they might expand, but you only there's only so many people that can get in, right? When the Clippers were for sale because Donald Sterling was a horrible racist. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna bid a billion dollars. You know what? I'm Steve Ballmer, and two billion dollars means nothing to me. Woo! So <laughs> here's two billion dollars. Just that quickly, the price goes up, right? If someone wants the Denver Broncos. And this report from Front Office Sports says expected to fetch at least $4 billion. $4 billion. If someone really wants it and they're qualified and they say, oh, well, here's five. Whoa. Well, now Jerry Jones is like, give me another <laughs> yacht to park this yacht on. And I'll make my draft picks from there because the Cowboys, America's team, are now worth $6 billion. Like, it's just nonstop and inflationary. It's fantastic if you got in and if you didn't. But, I mean... What were you doing on Sunday? Were there, was there any chance you weren't watching the Super Bowl on Sunday? I haven't missed the Super Bowl since 96. Was there any chance that, that the $7 million commercials in America were not going to sell out? Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. They were going to be good. So uh, the NFL is an absolute money-making monster, and that ain't going nowhere. But uh, yeah. I want a slice of it. You know, don't you think Roger Goodell could just, like, e-transfer me my rent this month? Like, he could probably find the... He could find the money for it between his toes. Pretty sure you're a part owner of the of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, the, the thing is though, we're still valued at like middle of the pack in the National Football League. Yeah. Even that said though, I should be able to afford. Just find your axelrod. Just just entice it, sell the club out of whatever community ownership it is, then you get your share of 5 billion dollars. <laughs> right? Hey, that's why I'm an order. I, I invested. I'm going to be a billionaire soon, DT. Exactly. Tomorrow on the Cage Farhan Lalji, low tide on the NHL. Ian McMillan will talk plenty more riders. Zinger and I'll be here. Clayton will have more stories from curling spots. And you, thank you so much for being with us wherever you are. Please do get the Sports Cage on demand. For the Canadian Brew House, Winter Wonderful feature dishes available now at the Canadian Brew House. Please subscribe, leave us a five star rating and a review. We would love to have you back with us tomorrow. Stick around. Zinger at Night is next.